Hi, I'm your host, Alan. And this is your host, Corbin. And this is your guide to 2021's Candyman, directed by Nia DaCosta, released August 27th, 2021. Now, the idea of another Candyman sequel uh, dates all the way back to not, honestly, not very long after Day of the Dead released. There was an idea, or I guess a rumor of an idea that had floated around that uh, there was going to be a crossover between Candyman and Leprechaun. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, wow. It's because of the success of Freddy versus Jason, uh, they thought maybe this would be a thing. Um, Tony Todd came out and said that I would never be involved with something like that. Uh, <laughs> so I think come to find out it wasn't necessarily true or there had been talks about it, but it never came. that idea never came to fruition. In, 20, in 2004, though, things did begin to move where they did have the involvement of Clive Barker again, and they were looking for a $25 million budget. And in 2009, Dion Taylor was attached to direct. Uh, the setting was moved to New England in the winter at Women's College and would have ignored the events of Day of the Dead. And then it all fell apart. And for about a decade, nothing really happened with the what was going to be a sequel to Candyman until... September of 2018, when Jordan Peele came out and was in talks of directing a sequel to the original 1992 film. In November of that same year, Nita Casa came on as director, and then it was also announced not long after that that there, in fact, would be a new sequel to the original film. Now, in January of 2019, uh, there were con some considerations of who was going to play the main lead of Anthony. Um, Lakeith Stanfield was eyed to play the main lead and instead, it, of course, went to Yaha Abdul-Mateen hmm. II. Um, he ended up taking the main role. Um, apparently, there was a miscommunication or misreport that Abdul-Mateen was going to also play Candyman um, instead of Tony Todd. And Tony Todd came out and basically congratulated him. But he was later announced that you know Todd would be coming back to reprise his role as Candyman. And principal photography began shooting in Chicago under the working title Say My Name in August to September of 2019. And they did also actually film in the Cabrini Green neighborhood. Of course, since the original 1992 film, it's changed a little bit. The high rise apartments have been torn down just to the row houses nowadays. So because of COVID, this was going to be released in 2020. But um, it was right. pushed back a number of times. The original release date was going to be June 12th, 2020. Then it was moved to September 25th, 2020. Then it was moved to October 16th, 2020. Um, I think it was that ended up being, that was the date that Halloween Kills was going to take. And then eventually it was moved to August 27th, 2021, where it did finally release. And because yeah. they said that this was a film that, the filmmakers, Nita Costa and Jordan Peele, said this was only a film that they wanted to be released in theaters only, not go to streaming as well, which is why they pushed it back so much. And you can only see it in theaters today. So the, the total time, I put it in my spreadsheet, the total time was one year, two months, and 15 days. So that was a, quite a while to wait to see this movie. It's a long time. Right. There are a few movies that uh, we had plans to record this year, like uh, Top Gun Maverick, which had been moved farther back. Um, yeah. <laughs> things are beginning to move again, I guess. The Delta variant is definitely starting to uh, shake things up a little bit, I guess, with the release schedule. So we'll see if anything. Hopefully Dune doesn't move. Oh, I hope it doesn't move. 
That would be unfortunate for us. I hope not. I am curious though, Alan, because you mentioned this was filmed on location in Chicago. Did you ever see Jordan Peele? Did you see Yahya Abdul, Mateen, or Tony Todd walking the streets? Or do you see any film crews? So I didn't. Um, however, I did look up where Cabrini Green was and come to find out. I, I guess I never, never really looked into looked too deep into this. Come to find out, yeah. Uh, before I moved, somewhat recently, I only lived about a mile and a half from Cabrini Green, the row houses. Um, oh, yeah, wow. it was like a mile and a half to the east. Like I was real close. Like I could have walked there, no problem. Um, but it's nicer now, right? Well, there is a fenced-off area of Cabrini oh. Green. Um, that's where the row oh, houses are. Like in the are. movie, yeah, they show that in the movie. Yeah, then that's where they shot was that portion of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I did come actually pretty close a couple of times as a target um, to the north of Cabrini Green that I've been to a, a couple of times. That's like a 10 minute walk from that target to Cabrini Green. So, you know, had I known yeah. about Kenny Man or seen it at the time I was down there, um, I probably would have walked and checked <laughs> it out. Uh, I've, I've since sure. moved, so I'm farther away from, from uh, Cabrini Green now, but. I was close, apparently. Well, I mentioned that the budget, they were looking for uh, $25 million. Um, they ended up getting that. For this movie, the budget was $25 million, um, which for a Candyman movie, it's, I think that's the highest it's ever been, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, definitely. Everything else has been um, $6 million or uh, the third one I couldn't even find a budget for because it was direct-to-video anyways, but yeah. That's right. about four times the budget of the previous films. Right. So, I mean, obviously we only have the opening weekend numbers here, but uh, they have been surprisingly very good. It's been topping the charts this year, which is surprising for a Candyman movie. It's It came out with an opening weekend of $22 million. So almost made its money back its opening weekend. Wow. So. Yeah. Was it number one? It was number one. It came out um, with Free Guy at number two, Paw Patrol the movie at number three, Jungle Cruise at number four, Don't Breathe at number two, sorry, Don't Breathe two at number five, and Respect at number six. Um, mm. So yeah, came out number one. Yeah, which is a first for the franchise. They've never debuted at number one before and never in their wildest dreams have they grossed $22 million for an opening weekend. So. Right. Honestly, I'm going to attribute all of this success to the name Jordan Peele. They definitely made sure to put his name in all the trailers because who, I mean, honestly, who really remembers Candyman except some very niche horror fans? Uh, it's, it does not have the same, carry the same presence as Halloween. If they put the Halloween up there, pretty much everybody's going to have some recognition of that. But not of Candyman. I think it's Jordan Peele that was able to do this is my guess. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ever since Get Out and Us, uh, Jordan Peele has been definitely, um, what you could say, in the public's eye as like an up and coming mm -hmm. unique horror director. So yeah, his name oh, yeah. was definitely plastered all over the place of this, even though he's not directing, he's producing, um, mm -hmm. you know, still, I'm, I think you're right, Corbin. I think that having his name all over this really, really helped, uh, with getting it out into the public. So I am curious. How are audiences and critics reacting to this movie? Because as we noted, the first one has been very well received, except for audiences straight out of the theater didn't like mm -hmm. it. Um, the two sequels, people really didn't like those movies. So I'm wondering how they're reacting to the third sequel. 
So, so far, it's been surprisingly positive. Um, okay. IMDb is the lowest here of a 6.4, which isn't that bad. And, of course, these scores are subject to fluctuate, as this movie just, just sure. came out. But in the first week, 6.4 of IMDb, Metascore of a positive 72. Yeah, that's the highest mm -hmm. of the series. I have 84% uh, critic scores for Rotten Tomatoes and 74% audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, those are high. I mean, certified fresh critics, a large majority of critics love the movie. Um, 74%, yeah, audiences seem to be on board with this one as well. Cinema score is a B, which is a little bit of a dip. Yeah. It's okay. I guess the first one had a C plus, so mm -hmm. it did do better than the first one. But uh, yeah. What was the letterbox rating? I have three point four, so that's pretty. Okay. That's pretty high. Uh, it seems like everyone's liking it. Uh, everything's definitely above average here. Yeah, that is interesting. I did um, check on these scores, like the I think two two or three days after it was released, and they've come down by about you know a point each i would say it seems like mm -hmm. i think the rotten tomatoes one went up by maybe one percent but yeah i mean depending on who you ask this is better than the original or just as good as the original it's pretty much neck and neck we could say um kind of averaging out the scores so that's a really good sign and honestly coming from jordan peele i know he did write the screenplay I don't, I mean, Nia DaCosta is fairly new to the filmmaking scene. Honestly, I wouldn't have expected any less um, coming from at least this team working here of of a positive reception. So I'm not surprised whatsoever. I, I'm, a, I'm a little surprised it's higher scored than the first one, but I think more people clearly have clearly went to see this movie than the first one did anyways, because it's already made more money. Right, right, exactly. So, I mean, I, I think you're right. It's not... Super much, it's not too much of a surprise that this is doing so well. Um, they, uh, I guess the um, releases are rather thin uh, just by the nature mm -hmm. of things as it is. Um, and we'll talk about maybe why this hit the public a bit more harder than that original one did when we get into it the, this coming Monday. But sure. Corbin, thanks for joining me. I will see you on that podcast come Monday. Sure thing. And listeners, definitely want to come back because we'll be talking about this movie in full, like I just mentioned, and we'll be diving back into our Denis Villeneuve retrospective, picking it back up with Enemy. So you definitely do not want to miss that. We'll see you then, listeners. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.